0: Good morning to you. The former minister announces his retirement. We speak with him shortly. The All-Ireland rail situation has been delayed just yet again, that whole report. A demonstration outside City Hall last evening, we are looking at that. Minding the students for Rag week. Claddle watcher out on the streets seven nights this week. Brian brings a new fantastic production to the uh, THT. And much more, including Valentine's Day, it is today. We're with you right through until 12 midday. Good morning. And a very good morning to you. Welcome into today's uh, programme. It's Valentine's Day, 14th of February. And Mike Denver is in concert with special guests Brendan Shine and Declan Ernie at the Clayton Hotel Galway tonight, uh, February the 14th. And tickets are on sale from ticketmaster.io. Uh, you can pay on the door on the night as well. And But we have uh, two pairs of tickets to give away today. And quite simply, what I need you to do is send your name right now uh, get in touch with us in Galway BFM on 086 38 33 3. Uh, Brought to you by Rationale Windows and Doors. Bringing light and comfort into your home. That's rationale.ie. And we could be bringing more than that into your home. We could be bringing a pair of tickets. So you must send us yeah, your name straight away please. And you could win one of two pairs of tickets. We'll have two winners, a pair of tickets each, to go along to Mike Denver in concert with special guest Brendan Shine and Declan Early in the Clayton Hotel tonight. Uh, payment on the door, or you can go to ticketmaster.ie as well. So there you go. Congratulations to those people texting already. Now, though, independent TD Dennis Nocton has announced that he will not contest uh, the next general election. In 2025, in a statement which we received overnight from him, the Roscommon Goldberg TD said, I've decided for both personal and professional reasons after giving 26 years of my life to national politics that now is the time to step back and explore some new opportunities. Uh, He went on to say he was first elected to Dáil Irn for Longford Roscommon constituency in 1997 general election when he was just 24 years of age. So, Dennis, you've made the decision.
1: I have, Keith, I suppose. Look, uh, if this doll lasts its full term, it'll be 28 years that I'll be in Leinster House. Uh, So I think it's time now to try my hand at something different. And I want to thank most sincerely the people of Longford, Leitrim, Galway and Roscommon for their support over the last uh, uh, 26 years. And particularly my dedicated team of canvassers, some of whom canvassed uh, with uh, my late father as well
0: is this it for politics then or would you look at perhaps going european or otherwise um in the
1: future no i i have no plans to 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 stay in politics uh look uh, whatever it brings in two years time i don't know i have a background in uh, science. I am heading up a, a global group working between policymakers and scientists, trying to build that relationship. And look, I have an interest in that, but no, I have no plans to uh, stay in politics in any guise uh, after the next uh, general election.
0: It's a big decision to make for you um, because you're still a relatively young man.
1: <laughs> I still think I am a young man, but uh, yeah, look. It is something that was always in the back of my mind when the late Tommy Hunt, who was my dad's director of elections, encouraged me to to run in the general election back in 1997. He told me that if I was lucky enough to uh, get the support of the people over 20 years to get out of politics at that stage, don't stay in it until you're an old man and that you're stale. And I suppose that advice was always and ever in the back of my head. And look, now I feel is the right time to, to take on that advice.
0: And I mean, you're a public figure, so it's, it can be very difficult at times. Uh, but once you step away in two years' time, are you going to stay the full two years at it?
1: Absolutely, I'd stay the full two years at it. I got a mandate from the people of Roscommon and East Galway to serve them. Uh, in this doll and it's my intention to fulfil that commitment, just as I've done down through the years and various commitments I've given, whether it's in relation to Roscommon Hospital or whatever the case may be, I've stood by my word and I intend to do that.
0: But again, you become a private citizen and the Taoiseach has paid tribute to you that we wouldn't be where we are with the National Broadband Plan this morning uh, except for you um, and what you did as Minister.
1: Well, look, the Taoiseach would have been quite aware of some of the negotiations that went on behind the scenes. And the reality is that there was huge vested interest both within government uh, and within uh, the commercial sector to make this fail and there's no doubt about it without the time and effort that I put into it this project would never have got off the ground and I believe that in the fullness of time it will be seen as significant uh, as rural electrification and I believe that it will transform not just rural Ireland but Irish society as a whole.
0: Could you see your children in years to come going into politics and continuing the Nocton name? (laughs)
1: Well, look, I, I, it'll be the next, at the next election, it'll be the first time in 50 years that there won't be an octon on the ballot paper. Uh, but look, uh, I think politics has turned into a very, very difficult job. And I think it'll be a choice that they themselves would have to make at, the, at that stage in their lives.
0: You were very effective at it, even behind the scenes. You were very effective. Uh, will you not miss that cut and thrust?
1: Uh, naturally enough, of course, you'll miss the adrenaline and the cut and thrust of it. Uh, but look, I think it's time to try my hand at something different. I'm young enough to be able to do that. Uh, look, I've spent longer in Dáil Airden than I have outside of it at this stage. And I think, look, it's time to try something new and something different.
0: Has it been a demanding job?
1: Yes, look, I think politics is a demanding job. Look, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Christmas Day is no different than any other day. Uh, so, yes, it is a demanding job. You know, there's only so long that you can give to it. And uh, look, I think it's time now to, to try my hand at something else as I say.
0: And would you recommend to others that will come to you for advice in the future going into politics, would you advise them to or would you advise them not to?
1: Well, look, I would always give unbiased advice to anyone that came to me. I've done that in Leinster House over the years when newer and younger TDs came to me, regardless of what party uh, they are, and I will continue to do that. And look, really, it's a judgment call that each and every one of them have to make uh, when the circumstances arise, but it is a, a great honour and privilege to serve in your National Parliament, and I've been lucky enough to do that for the last 26 years.
0: Finally, if I'm doing my maths right then, when, the, you're in two years' time, you have put down 28 years' service, would that be right?
1: That's right, 28 years' service. <laughs> I have just broken mm. uh, the threshold of my 50th birthday at that stage. So, look, I think it's time uh, to try out something different and something new.
0: Well, then you're still a very young man, so you are. Uh, Deputy <laughs> Dennis Stockton, thank you for joining us uh, today. Thank and you. And congratulations on your decision. Big decision to make, uh, but well done to him for making the decision. Um, but uh, your thoughts and comments, please, to the uh, comment line again on 086 it's 33 3, if you want to get in contact with us uh, today. Uh, in a most recent report, indeed, uh, which was presented to the JPC, Um, Mill Street Garda station has had the most staff cuts nationwide since 2013. Goldwes Mill Street Garda station has experienced the largest number of staff cuts nationwide uh, since 2013 and the Goldwes station saw its staff drop by 61 members uh, with the 2022 figures at 152. This represents a drop of 26% while Salt Hill Garda station also saw a drop of a quarter. In that time as well. But according indeed to recent reports, 42 stations have no full-time officers, while only nine saw an increase in staff last year. Eddie Hoare, Councillor Eddie Hoare, is a member of the JPC and he joins me on the line today. Uh, Eddie, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. It's kind of shocking to see 61 members, or else are we very um, obedient here in Galway that we can survive having lost 61 members in Galway?
2: yeah it's it the the figures are alarming and they will concern the public having read the irish independent yesterday and the statistics that are presented given the challenges that are being faced by the, the, the force locally it's 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 alarming to see the reduction in numbers in in some of our key stations in mill Street and salt hill
0: and i mean can anything be done to reverse this i mean we know we' have we have serious issues when it comes to health care and the lack of uh, investment over a long, long number of years. Uh, are we just going to sit back and accept this?
2: No, I think uh, the points have been raised at JPC level um, with the chief superintendent and and the guard authorities to, to ensure that there's there's more gardi on the beach in Galway City. I suppose to qualify those figures as well, the north the the, the northwest um, regional headquarters is based in, in Renmore, so. There are, there is a fairly significant uh, staff based in Renmore as well, which may potentially be um, reducing some of the figures in Mill Street. So again, that's, I suppose, to allay some of the fears is that there would be the North Re- Northwest Regional Headquarters are there and there are staff numbers there. But notwithstanding that, I think there there, there, there is significant concern with regard to the reduction in Gardaí. Um What can be done, I suppose, government-wise, the significant budget being allocated towards I got this year corner 1.9 billion in 2021 2 billion in 2022 but again that's just I don't think that's going to solve the problem they're throwing money at it I think culturally I think the Gardaí locally I think they've been under a lot of pressure Um, The we've seen videos being circulated be it in Dublin in, in, in Galway and various and it's it's not attractive for young people to go into the Guards at the moment uh, at, at times and that's disappointing to say that I think the Guards need more protection in in, in their roles um, as frontline workers and that's something that I will definitely be trying to um, move up the line and try and, and represent the Gardaí locally to make sure that they are protected because we see far too many cases of of guards being of that respect not be there, and it should be there in our communities.
0: It should be, but I mean, you've maybe you've hit the nail on the head when it comes to the the reduction of sixty one members. Like the Northwest Regional Headquarters is in um on the main Dublin Road there, and the old Dublin Road going out. I mean, and quite a significant amount of departments based in Mill Street, um, have transferred out there. So that's maybe where the sixty one are. So if you take that into account. How many of the 61 members that they've lost uh, have transferred out there?
2: Yeah, and, and look, elderly people, more vulnerable people in, in our communities probably will be concerned with the figures, but that will delay the concern somewhat. That but if you could get those figures, was,
0: though, um, if you could get those yeah, figures, we could, we could horror,
2: confer, confirm yeah. it and at uh, the JPC, we have the ability to be able to raise that with the Chief Superintendent and, and, and will do. But just to go back on the figures again, and 2018 versus 2022, I suppose given COVID and the lack of recruitment it's probably a more damning statistic um, uh, in terms of, of the reduction, it's the lowest number ever but if we go back to 2020, 2016 and Templemore reopened for new recruits in 2015 and versus 20, 2016 versus now, the, the force has increased in numbers by 12% so, okay, from 18 to 2022, the numbers have reduced, yes, and COVID had played a big role in that, but if we go from 16 to the to, to present day, it has increased. So I suppose, again, that's an important uh, point to, to make, that there there are sufficient resources there, but notwithstanding that, we still, here in Galway, it's important that, okay, if the numbers nationally are going up by 12%, that that correlates to more Gardy here in Galway, in our city and in our county, and that's, I suppose, what concerns me or concerns uh, county councillors is that we have more Gardy here in Galway city. But again, going back to to our Gardy, again, I I think the role that they play in in the frontline services has to be commended, and it's a challenging role. We see so many Gardy resources being being wasted with anti-social behaviour in our communities. It's wrong, but like the the role that the Gardy played, not just or throughout the history of the force but through COVID again gives a great example of the Gardaí putting okay. themselves first and putting their family like putting themselves on the front line and sometimes they don't get that credit and I think they deserve it and going back to the respect element I think it's, it's important okay. that they deserve that respect and um, one element that's been introduced is the body cams I think they deserve that they deserve that protection and, and various different and the resources need to go into mm. supporting the guards to allow them to carry out their day-to-day duties, and that two billion investment by by wages and otherwise, it has to go into protecting our guards. And going back to the North West region headquarters, we've received a commitment that that's going to be heavily resourced with a drugs division, and is and and further resources are going to be put into that because I think drugs is a, a, a okay. catalyst for a lot of the a lot of the crime and issues so that that's out, to out there.
0: All right, Councillor Eddie Hoare, thank you for joining us. I'm a member of the GPC, but will you come back to us please with uh, confirmation on the uh, north-western regional headquarters um, on the old Dublin road there opposite, uh, the ATU. Uh, Quick commercial break, we're back up to these and we're looking at the All-Ireland Rail Review and it looks set to remain unpublished yet again as the Northern Ireland Executive um, deadline has been extended to 2024. So the report, is it going to be on the back burner?
3: Galway tolls in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at Tesco.ie.
0: Now, a driver's license was found in Shantala, and it's been dropped into Mill Street Guard the station. So, if anybody out there is missing a driving license this morning, uh, pop in there. By the way, if anybody uh, knows anything, um, my own poor, unfortunate wife got lover, uh, but she had passed. Uh, she had parked in town just on the side of Roche Stores yesterday. Uh, just after Kerwin's Undertakers. She was there between 3.15 and 3.45. It was a blue car, but somebody came along. i say it was a trailer or something low, and they tore the side off the car, so they did, and they kept going. Uh, but thanks to Joe and Anne Irwin because they heard the ruckus, and uh, they went out and they put a note on the car uh, just to say that this had happened, and picked up the bits that were broken, like wheel rims and all that type of stuff. But if anybody has a trailer that has blue paint on it and half a... A Toyota Aqua. you might be good enough to make contact because um, uh, she's been on to the Guardian and she made a complaint to the Guardian in that. Uh, so they're looking at CCTV, but uh, a significant amount of damage done. And they just kept going. So 3.15 to 3.45. If you know anything about it, uh, would you mind uh, just uh, giving the Gardaí a call on 538,000? A decision which affects us was made by Northern Secretary Chris Heaton-Harris. And he said he's going to use his powers, uh, allowing him to extend the deadline for the Stormont election by a year. He told MPs that an election at this stage would not be the best course of action to facilitate the restoration of the executive. Legislation being introduced in Westminster will extend the deadline for an election to be restored in Stormont by one year to the 18th of January 2024. Now, So there you go, just kicking it out again. But what does this mean for us when it comes to the All-Ireland Rail Review, uh, which... A lot of people have been hiding behind for a long number of years. And I'm joined on the line by Senator Lisa Chambers, who's the leader of Shanna Dierden's uh, Fianna Fáil group leader and spokesperson on European and foreign affairs. Uh, Senator Chambers, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the programme. I mean, a decision by the Northern Ireland Secretary causes a problem for us because, uh, yet again, is this going to be delayed, this report?
4: Well, its I don't agree with this approach. This is something I raised directly with the Minister Eamon Ryan in the Sian. probably about six weeks ago now where I specifically asked when he was going to publish the All Island Rail Review because it contains proposals relating directly to connecting Galway and Mayo from Athenry to Clare Morris. And I was really struck and just flabbergasted to hear his response that the uh, document couldn't be published because it's all island, that it couldn't be published without an executive up and running in Northern Ireland. Uh, at that point, we didn't know that the period for elections was going to be extended by year, as you've just, just mentioned there. But even still, uh, i made this point to the Minister in the Chamber that surely we can't be... Um, held back because there isn't a functioning politics in Northern Ireland, like we can't allow our projects to be delayed and we we have no idea, you know, if and when we'll get an Assembly and an Executive up and running in Northern Ireland and we have no control over that. So the idea that we would delay our projects because of what's happening in the North I think is just completely unacceptable Uh, and I, I believe, my own view is that the Minister is going to have to reconsider and get this document published with or without an executive in Northern Ireland because we just can't wait.
0: We don't answer, Senator Chambers, to the north of Ireland or indeed to the UK. So if he has the report, is he not duty bound to publish it, warts and all, and just let it, let, it, let let it be published full stop?
4: Absolutely. That would be my view on it. I mean, I, I I thought the idea of doing an all-island review was good because obviously we're trying to connect all parts of the island. There's a proposal here to connect Derry to Letterkenny, for example, in this document, we believe. So that made sense at the outset that you do one with the entire island and involve the Transport Minister in the North can't. and the Transport Minister here. But that's that that's one aspect of it. But the idea that we wouldn't publish our part of it or that we wouldn't advance our projects because they don't have an executive in Northern Ireland is just ridiculous. And I do think that there's no nothing to be gained by waiting. I don't think it'll damage the report in any way, or I don't think it'll damage relations in any way if we proceed to publish and then proceed to push ahead with our projects in the South. I think that's the most sensible option. I think now that we know uh, that we won't have assembly elections in the North for at least a year, we didn't know that a few weeks ago. No. We know that now, and I think that changes things. And I do believe Minister Ryan is going to have to reconsider his position and move ahead to publish the report because as you and I both know, uh, Connections between Galway and Mayo, you know, are very strong. We have people traveling both ways every day for work, yeah. for hospital appointments, for education, for tourism. The rail link between Ath and Clare Morris, um will be just transformative for the region, and we want that connection in Mayo to our main city, Galway. That's what we want to happen, and we need this published for that to happen.
0: But why? Why are, these, are they hiding behind this? Is this, is this not just another excuse. We do not answer to the North of Ireland. So, if it is an all Ireland review, give us the section that, that is relevant to the rest of us in the Republic of Ireland. Take out any, any, any reference to the North of Ireland. Let them have that in 2024 when they form, um, when they get back together again and get them to sort it. But give us our review. We're long enough waiting for it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I do think, you know, that what has happened with this recent announcement from... from Mr. Harris that they're, they're going to delay elections in the north. I'm hopeful that that will prompt the Minister to reconsider. Perhaps he thought he was dealing with a shorter time frame, uh, but now we know it's a much longer time frame. You know, we've, we've been here trying to get this project off the line, uh, excuse the pun, for probably the best part of two decades. This has been a long-running campaign to reopen the Western Rail Corridor. The aspiration and the vision ultimately is to connect Galway right up to Derry. That's what we want to achieve long term. But we know that in the short term, if we get that line open between Athenry Clare connecting Mayo to Galway, connecting Ballina right up to Wexford Wexford through, through Foynes Port, that that will transform our region and it will transform the offering for Galway City. It'll allow us to connect into our main city for the region um, and it'll, it will allow the West and the northwest to grow. So, you know, the time is now, I think, you know, with our climate emissions reductions targets, with all of the talk of public transport and getting rail lines back up and running, I think the, the, the public want this rail line back up and running. And I think the government are now in a position where the funding is there, the demand is there from public representatives, and all that's in our way now is getting this report published. So I will certainly be pushing with all of my Iraqis colleagues to get the Minister for Transport to reflect and reverse his decision and get this, this, this report published. And more importantly, Keith, to actually get the projects funded and, and, and working and get get a shovel in the ground. Um, the lines are there, they're disused, they're not it's not it's not starting from scratch. We have the line, you know, the, the, the space is there. So it's a very easy project, you know, compared to other rail projects okay. to get back
0: up and operational. but Senator uh, Chambers, I mean, it's been very divisive. I mean, it's split communities, it's split friends because some want, some don't want uh, from there. And I'm 32 years doing this program. And do you know, I feel like Groundhog Day today.
4: Yeah, it has been in some part, not right, not along the whole line. It hasn't been divisive everywhere, but I do accept no, no, in well, some parts. No, no, the right. You know, to say say,
0: Clare Morris has been divisive
4: probably more closer to the and rice section, I think. Um, yeah. Certainly the support in Clare Morris is, is very strong. strong and okay. there hasn't really been any major divisions on that side of the line. So the Afton-Rice in is where they the issue then yeah, we've conflated the two issues between greenways and rail lines. And I don't see any reason why we can't have both. It shouldn't be, you know, uh, one or the other. And I think that's the the message to send that we want to have greenways. They've been fantastic for our our areas as well. You know, you think of the Great Western Greenway, for example, has been really successful. So we want greenways, but I don't think we have to sacrifice having the rail line to get the greenway or vice versa. We can have both and we should have both. And our region deserves it. Galway and Mayo deserve that. And I think we can achieve both projects and and they'll both be fantastic. So I think it's about working together to get both projects delivered as opposed to pitting one off the other.
0: Can I ask you finally then, what can you and what can the crew and the Shannon's do uh, to keep the pressure on here?
4: Yeah, well, I met um, only I met only three weeks ago with and Ryan again on this issue and on other kind of projects for the West. I'll be requesting a meeting. I'm, I'm now leader of the Shannon, so I'll be requesting a meeting with him in that capacity. I'll also be raising it in the chamber with him as well. And we'll be joining with other colleagues from the West of Ireland to raise this matter directly with him. What we'll be pushing for is that in light of this new information, now that we know we won't have elections in the North for at least a year, that in light of that new information, we need to reflect and change our decision as a government and get that document published.
0: All right, um, and
4: ultimately we want the Western Rail Corridor, the Athens ryclair morris Line, we want that project to commence works. That's the key. Reports are, are great, and we want it published, but ultimately we want to get the project started, and we want to get a shovel in the
0: ground. All right, Central Lisa Chambers, don't lose that fire in your belly, and keep going, keep knocking I on this door, please, and come back to no us fear. with a, something very positive, I don't doubt that, something very positive, but thank you for joining us. Central Lisa Chambers joining us, their leader, uh, Charlotte and uh, Fianna Fáil group leader as well, and spokesperson in European and Foreign Affairs. I mean that. Groundhog Day. Just publish the report.
3: Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect
2: your order whenever suits you.
0: Now, very good morning to you. Welcome on in to today's program. There was a demonstration at the Galway City Council meeting yesterday regarding the Salt till Cycle Way. And our colleagues in the newsroom, David Nevin, uh, was there and uh, spoke to some people down there. And David, were there... Were there many people present? Yeah, there was a
3: good few uh, people. Keith, there was. Um, I, I, I won't put a number on it. It wasn't a huge crowd, but it was a dedicated crowd. And uh, they had a couple of kind of banners, placards. There was a good few kids cycling around with their bikes. And uh, some of the people there with their kids had uh, some of these really impressive kind of bicycles with kind of um, kind of buggies and carriers attached well, and that kind of thing. So um,
0: the front of them, yeah, you
3: know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really, yeah. really cool things actually, but. Um, yeah, and there's a good few kids cycling around ringing the bells and uh, carrying signs and that kind of thing as well. And the whole point of their protest is, as you said, it's the Salt Hill Cycleway was one thing. And the reason that was the kind of core of the protest was that more or less um, exactly a year ago was when it all fell apart in terms of Salt Hill Cycleway, when councillors voted to actually roll back on it and decide mm-hmm. not, not to go ahead with that. So the main reason they were there was to highlight this, saying, look, it's been a year now and absolutely nothing has happened since. Um, and that at the time, they were given assurances, pledges that, look, we'll look at it again and we'll we'll look at other things. And, you know, from their point of view, very little, if anything, has happened since. So they're obviously not happy about that. And they wanted to make their opinions known and heard as the councillors were making their way into the Ardalan Hotel last evening. But in a more general sense, they also are highlighting just the the, the continued lack of cycling infrastructure in the city. Because you know, we've had a good few protests lately. One at the Skerrett roundabout there, you know, a week or ten days ago or two weeks ago, whatever it was, and that was in reaction to the man who was knocked down by a truck there on that roundabout. And it's really about just highlighting the fact that. Um, The design of the city is, you know, putting aside dedicated cycle lanes and that kind of thing, which they obviously argue is completely lacklustre. Just the design of roundabouts and that kind of thing is just completely not friendly to pedestrians or cyclists. And, you know, in a second I will hear from the people I spoke to there yesterday. But um, they are keen to say as well, Keith, that, you know, sometimes people turn this into it, the motorist versus cyclist thing. But um, they're all drivers. They all have cars. They like driving. They, you know... They're not advocating that cars should be taken off the roads, well, some cars certainly, but mm. uh, they're not against cars. But what they do want is safer roads for everyone. So if you're a driver, if you're a pedestrian, if you're a cyclist, just that you have equal access to the road in a very safe way. And, you know, we'll hear in a second, uh, some of the ones I spoke to as well just said that, you know, they're even saying the cycle up to the Ardalan was hairy you know it especially is. the ones with kids they were saying the road's very narrow yeah. cars are driving you know within literally a hair's breadth of you on your bike and uh, there just isn't you know a lot of respect shown to cyclists and um, so yeah again there was a good crowd of people there probably you know oh, maybe 12 13 people but all carrying banners and they all had stories to tell and unfortunately couldn't speak to absolutely everyone because we do have a time constraints but uh just now you'll hear from a couple of people who talked to me about why they were there and what their experiences are like cycling on Galway and maybe some of the things they would like to see happen in the near future.
0: And I think you begin with uh, Reg Turn, who's chair of the Galway cycling campaign there as well. He is not
3: actually there Keith, no he was there in the day, I uh, can't stress that enough. Uh, he, Reg is the, the, the head of the Galway cycling campaign but I spoke to a lot of people including Reg but he's not actually in the recording because actually unfortunately just did not have space for, for everyone.
5: Thanks, David. I'm a parent and I get around by bike quite a bit uh, and I'm very frustrated by the lack of progress with uh, facilities for cycling. And I, we also want to just mark that there have been a, way too many deaths on the roads in Galway in recent months and these aren't natural things that can't be avoided. These can be avoided. The council has to make decisions to improve these matters and to prevent these preventable deaths from happening. Uh, so we need to see the step, pace of change stepping up. And we talk
3: about like lack of progress, um, and everyone here today would certainly argue there has been a lack of progress. I mean, who's to blame? Because we, we see councillors blaming the city exec. We see the city exec kind of saying it's out of their hands or fingers being pointed at the National Transport Authority, all kinds of things. Who, who would you think is to blame, really,
5: for the lack of progress? Uh, if they're looking for places to pass the book to there's plenty because you've named three entities there that have all been uh, too slow to to move on this the road the road safety authority are busy handing out high-vis jackets to young children and reminding them that it's their responsibility to fix this problem that's Absolutely, the wrong approach. Uh, we're here at Galway City Council today because we're demanding Galway City Council to step up the pace of, of making things safer, including safety uh, into the design of junctions. Uh, and you mentioned you're a family man as well. How
3: would you describe
5: your experience of uh, kind of cycling on Galway as a family? Uh, it is hair raising. It was really nice during the pandemic. When the lockdown started, we cycled around Galway. We saw a lot of, we got our bikes out, you know, and uh, it was really nice to see uh, there was space on the roads. Uh, you, people would salute you. People, I think, learned to, people got used to seeing bikes a bit more uh, and things seemed a lot more friendly now the traffic is back to the level it was ever at and uh, things are just as hair raising as they ever were uh, when i was a kid i could walk or cycle to school uh, in scaldara now my kids go there they couldn't walk or cycle there on their own uh, people <laughs> there really is a, a lack of safe uh, safe ways for people families to move around galway uh, everything the council does is just how can we get more cars through Galway and faster and that seems to be the only goal that they have so we need them to show a bit of leadership uh, that there are other things there are other ways to, to solve, tackle traffic problems besides building new roads.
6: I guess it's a year since the councillors squashed the temporary very small Very unambitious Salt Hill Cycleway. I feel very strongly about that because it's actually the route my children and I take to school and it's the most dangerous part of our route to school. Um, We just have so many reportable incidents on that uh, stretch and it would just make such a difference to our lives to have some manner of safe cycling because on that stretch on the coast road you don't have any option i mean you're cycling between parked cars moving traffic or you cycle on the prom where you're actually kind of a danger to pedestrians and that's not fair either so i just feel really really strongly that it was a cowardly move to back off they had such a chance it would have transformed galway galway could be so good that's the thing you know if we just had options beyond the private car it would really really make the place so wonderful and i really felt so strongly that salt hill was a chance to try that see what worked go back to the drawing board make something proper work and you know then we'd see instead of talking about this stuff in theory we would actually see that this kind of move can transform a place for the better
3: and, uh, you know, one thing that's been talked about a lot today is this lack of progress. But in the case of the Salt Hill cycle, a lot of people feel like actually rather than just not going forward, it's actually going backwards.
6: Yeah, I would agree with that. And I feel very, very disheartened and very disappointed in what has happened since. Because I looked back actually in the past week, I've been looking back at what was said in the aftermath of this vote to squash the cycleway. You know, they said we'd go ahead, it would transform the place. They were all on board. And then a whole heap of councillors changed their minds and they changed their minds essentially for car parking. They taught, they hung it on emergency services, but actually that wasn't, the, that wasn't true. That was a red herring. And uh, what they actually voted to protect was car parking at the expense of safety. But they all said, every single one of them said, we will go back to the drawing board. We will do something better. We will get something permanent in. And what have we seen? It's been tumbleweed. It's shame on them. I'm sorry, my family are in danger every morning on the way to school, on the way home from school. And I'm, I'm angry about it. And I'm really, really disappointed.
3: And you've often spoken about your kids, how they they obviously, you know, kids love cycling, your kids are no different, and you'd love to be able to send them out there all the time, but you feel so, so basically so worried, worried for their safety.
6: I do, Um, rightly so. I mean, (laughs) unfortunately, I think actually an inadvertent sort of consequence of having that whole debate and it being allowed to become so toxic, because the council really left a vacuum for misinformation around that time, and they really allowed people to be divided. Something that could have been positive for goal ended up being very something quite toxic. And in the aftermath I genuinely feel that driver behaviour has sort of worsened I, I don't know what it is, whether it's the volume of traffic on the roads, the size of cars but there is certainly a sense among Galway drivers that cyclists and people on bikes have no business being on the roads so you end up with dra- behaviour from drivers that actually is quite dangerous we've been beeped, my 12 year old on his bike has been beeped on Saltill Prom close past what we call a punishment pass where a driver dr- drives deliberately close and they drove deliberately close to me, my son and my husband with my 9 year old on the back of our bike or cargo bike Um, and I just think that's I don't know what actually prompts that kind of behaviour but I definitely think that the kind of toxic debate around the cycleway and the stuff that was allowed to happen around that time certainly hasn't helped and that's why I'm worried for my kids I don't feel that I can trust other road users to keep them safe and then,
3: you know, I obviously don't want to make this a uh, um, road users versus cyclists kind of a of thing, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about the ring road kind of going on in the background all the time. And uh, one thing a lot of people who support the ring road say is that if we build the ring road, it'll, it'll then free up the city centre for all these uh, cycling measures. But, and you're smiling now, but a lot of people don't buy that at all, I presume, including yourself.
6: Well, it's not a matter of buying it. Their own data says that that won't happen. Their own data says that 3% of traffic is is, is traffic going from, you know, sort of one side of the city to the other. The rest of the traffic is through through traffic. The Ring Road doesn't displace anything. And frankly, the Ring Road has been used as a reason not to act for in excess of a decade. And the problem with that is that... I, you would wonder about the motivation around that, because moves like the Salt Hill Cycleway, moves like increased public transport, reduce traffic, right? These are measures that help with traffic congestion. Now, why on earth would people not want those introduced? Why would they be waiting for a ring road and claiming that that will reduce traffic, knowing that it won't? I don't know. I feel like um, the ring road has been used as an excuse not to act. I don't personally, I don't care if, if, you know, build the road, don't build the road. But don't use it as an excuse not to increase safety, increase public transport, and actually reduce traffic congestion in the meantime. Um, And yeah, at the end of the day, we're all road users. I drive, I cycle. Most people who cycle also drive. Uh, People who walk are also road users. The thing is, we shouldn't be against one another. We should all be striving for better for everyone. And I'm sorry, but active transport, public transport is part of that story. And that is the stuff that has been abandoned in Galway. Unfortunately, because there are a few very powerful people who want the ring road. And I just wonder...
7: It's kind of a pattern that we've kind of seen the the city council uh, do over and over again is they just push, uh, you know, things that the public wants just down the road. And they only care about um, what seems like private business interests or, uh, you know, what I call the the ideological obsession with the private car. So we need to... um, build proper cycling infrastructure, uh, pedestrianization, um, green, frequent, and free public transport. We need to move to sustainable uh, modes of travel, we need to, you know, get away from uh, the private car. Uh, You know, it's why we have such a a terrible traffic issue. If we can encourage as many people as possible to get on public transport, active travel, pedestrianization, we're going to clear the city out
3: of uh, cars. And I believe you cycled here today. I did, and yeah. you said earlier that you had a bit of a hairy experience just just getting here yeah, just just I mean, today. So, just tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Like
7: I was cycling up Taylor's Hill. I mean, it's pretty narrow. Um, no, you know, proper shoulder. Uh, cars obviously thinking that they own the road, trying to get around me. You know, before other traffic comes in, probably you know had a couple you know near hits within you know a foot. Uh, like I probably could have reached out and hit the cars. You know, if they're that close, they're you know the, that's that's dangerous. You know, who knows what a Hole or, or something might be in the street. Um, I think it's just indicative of you know our, our streets in Galway or, or around the country, but you know particularly in Galway, um, if we put in the proper infrastructure, you, we could have a city that you could walk and cycle um, without having to use cars and you know build up more and more
3: emissions. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, your experience today, uh, getting here to the Ardellon Hotel, was um, as you said, it was a hairy one, but uh, not unusual. Something you encounter quite often. Yeah. I mean, you kind of. Um, you know, you kind of learn how to try to navigate
7: the streets. So, I mean, um, it's no surprise that a lot of cyclists, if there's no proper cycling, you, they're gonna take up more of the road. Um, I know I do that pretty frequently because I don't want cars thinking that they can squeeze through uh, on on oncoming traffic um, because that puts me in a lot more of a dangerous position. So it makes me kind of take up the road and of course, you know, drivers probably don't like that, slows down the traffic. So, you know, it's about, so you're kind of constantly you're listening, you know, like if you hear a car coming, I'm constantly looking over my shoulder, making sure that, you know, they know I'm there, that I know that they're there, um, you know, making sure that they, you know, keep their distance, you know, it's a, it's about safety. And and it's, it's you know, it's ridiculous that, that that's uh, what we essentially, that's how we've built our city, is that you're making uh, cycling um, or active travel uh, a more dangerous, precarious uh, mode of travel. I don't
8: want the next generation to be terrified of being on the roads when they're out and about on a bike. I want her to, well, both my kids to be able to feel like they can get about safely without having to depend on a car going forward.
3: And like you, you have kids here with you today and they're, they're, they're on their bikes. Um, would you feel, I mean, like, would you feel very worried for their safety? I mean, do you feel like really Galway is uh, somewhere they really can be cycling at all?
8: No, not really. It's actually quite a worry. Even when we were cycling up here today, I had to shout at her to be careful coming up the road and I'm more worried about her going off out onto the road if she fell or anything while she's learning how to cycle. A car could easily hit her because people pass by so fast when they're driving and they don't seem to realise that there's pedestrians or people on bikes about. Um, I know a lot of people would say, why bring her out and about? She she has to learn, she can't just learn in a playground because she'll never learn how to manoeuvre through traffic or how to get around safely, so we also need drivers to behave in the same way as well.
3: And I mean the, the kids are here cycling around on their bike, we heard the bell yeah. a second ago, I mean kids love cycling, they love to go to cycle all the time.
8: Yeah, they would, they really really would, like she loves getting out and about and enjoying the freedom of what she can see and how far she can push herself, we can go so much further on a bike.
0: David Nevin there speaking to some people demonstrating outside Galway City Council meeting in the Ordolone Hotel yesterday uh, in relation to Salt Hill Cycleway. And cycling in general in Galway, Keith, you uh, must have uh, a cycle lane for safety. Circular Road is a disaster for cycling. Parents are in a hurry to get to work. Galway City is not safe Uh, for cycling. I have no choice but to drive my car, uh, this uh, caller said. Uh, Keith, uh, this caller said to me today, Keith, it seems to be a small turnout at the cycling protest um, at the meeting last evening. Is it a case of the tail wagging the dog? I'm a practical environmentalist. And my name is Mark, this caller said. Keith, morning, listening about the cycle way in Salt Hill. Uh, Keith, as a motorist, I feel Salt Hill is not an issue. But if you go from Knocknockarra across to Barna, uh, it is so dangerous to cycle. Uh, the road is used by numerous cyclists, but the roads are narrow. I think funds should be aimed at these roads rather than Salt Hill. So says Neil. And Keith, uh, Keith, just be honest with me, there was a handful of people at that uh, protest in relation to cycleways yesterday, and uh, they're making the most noise, and other calls coming in too. Store Street Guards Station have been on to us today, by the way, seeking the owner of a sum of cash that was handed in after being found in Kent Railway Station in Air Square in Galway. So if anybody's lost money in Kent uh, Railway Station recently, will you contact Store, uh, Store Street Guard Station 01666 8000, uh, please? That's 016668000 or just call us here and we can give you that number again. So if somebody lost money uh, in uh, Kent Railway Station, an honest person obviously getting on the train, brought it to Store Street Gardner Station, handed it back in again. So they're trying to reunite it uh, with its owner. Now let's head towards the uh, 10 o'clock news with the news team. Stay tuned yet to come. We have loads coming up on the programme, including some portrayal of Irish people in the Banshee of Inishirin is being questioned. Heavy stuff. Stay tuned. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in
6: store and online at tesco.ie.